Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Two, 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 two. Did you, America? Here we go with another edition of Did You America? He's Jeremy. I'm Ian Camfield. This is where we talk about stuff. And if you want to find out all the stuff we've been talking about previously, um, you can find it at didyouamerica.com. That's our website. It's got all of the previous episodes. If you are a newcomer and you've just discovered us with this one, we'll try and make it good. Let's hope. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the backstory of this podcast, uh, Jeremy, my esteemed co-host, looks like a fat Walter Becker from Steely Dan, but he's now attempting to change that because as of last week, he's working out with a personal trainer. Yeah. So until I get bored of these stories, and I think that's going to be that's going to take some time <laughs> because the idea of fat Walter Becker working out with a personal trainer right. is just immense. Um, it has become par for the course uh, in the last week that the new episodes of. Did you America begin with a fitness update from Jeremy Hoffman? You're looking good. Well, thanks, man. I was going to say, uh, not so much fat Walter Becker anymore, huh? Well, still kind of fat Walter Becker. I got a new one this weekend, too. Balding Jerry Garcia. <laughs> I'm really good at this. You know what all of these musicians have in common? Fat and hairy. Well, there's that. But also, when I think of Jerry Garcia from Grateful Dead or Walter Becker from Steely Dan, they're both people who even at their peak, possibly even when they were younger than you, because you're 28 now, right? Right. So if you think about photos of, let's say, early to mid-20s Grateful Dead or Steely Dan, because they were active and famous musicians at that time, even at that age, both Walter Becker and Jerry Garcia never looked particularly well. (laughs) No, there's always a... uh kind of unhealthiness about us, you know? There was a, yeah, I mean, it's sad when uh, anyone dies, when both of those musicians died. But uh, in both cases, and uh, I guess the guy from Grateful Dead died a a long time ago now. Walter Becker died, what, about three years ago? Um, But my immediate thought was, yeah, 30 years ago, never looked particularly well. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, for me, at this point, I'm holding on for dear life, you know? (laughs) Which is why I'm going to the gym. Who who came up with uh, (laughs) Fat Jerry Garcia? Oh, I was, uh, I happened to watch an old live Grateful Dead video. I was like, oh, that's me. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) You slap a little bit more hair on top. Yeah, that's a video of me jamming on guitar. Yeah, so anyway, how's it it going? Getting Getting rid of the Grateful Dead? dead look it was a strong week you know i went monday through friday every single day you know even though you wanted me to be dying and sore it never happened until saturday saturday was a little bit rough after five straight days um i did a pretty big cardio workout on friday and that 
that pretty much killed me at this point. I, I, um, di- I didn't say that I wanted you to be dying and sore. I yeah, said you did. I, no. I said that usually when you start working out with a trainer, even if you think you've been good working out by yourself, once you put a trainer into the uh, situation and you start getting serious about the working out, that's normally when the serious aches and pains start. As we had discussed on the podcast last week. Your trainer is making sure that you neither ache nor have pain because when he's actually established exactly how unfit you are, he's realized that he doesn't want a heart attack death victim on his hands. I didn't listen back to the last episode, but I believe your direct quote was, you fat piece of shit, I hope you die. I don't know. Listen back. It might have been there. I did not say that. (laughs) I think what your personal trainer said was, you fat piece of shit. I can't let you die because right. it looks bad for my business. So, so, so we're going to try and do a thing called squats now. You remove the weights from either hand because just body weight squats are going to be enough. Now try Look, one. I weigh a lot, all right? right. That's heavy weight. I, uh, but yeah, it, it was a strong week. We're getting back to it today. Saturday and Sunday, I... Uh, I fell off a little bit, but that's not my fault. I fully blame alcohol. Fell off what? The sofa because you're so rotund? <laughs> like no, what? I fell off the diet and the workout plan for a little bit. I oh. mean, again, it was it was alcohol's doing, not mine. I was doing good all day, and then we felt like getting a little boozy on Saturday. Uh, one thing led to another. I was eating Whataburger at night. Sunday, I uh, I was ready to have a good productive day i actually ate an edible in the morning that was getting things off to a terrible start it was a cookie (laughs) and then my friend asked if i wanted to join for sunday fun day and i i think i got home at about 11 which i again had whataburger right but today today i'm gonna do much better now um we should actually mention this because uh it's nearly 420 your 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 favorite day of the year my christmas now it has not escaped my attention that regardless of the date, there have been for quite some time, I think, uh, I think a few years now, 420 inspired workouts. I know it was, I think it was in San Francisco where they had weed gyms. Have you broached this topic no, with your personal personal trainer? I mean, my, luckily, my personal trainer is a, a bit of a stoner like me, if you will. So our workouts do involve smoke breaks. And I think that's why I have not been dealing with aches and pain because like, Normally, where most people would be like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. I just kind of get high about it. Right. So you're, you're using it for absolutely medicinal purposes. Yes, totally the, medicinal. Those way. people who say, oh, Officer. no, 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 I need the weed for my bad eyes. Right. If you get pulled over, you're going to go, look at me. I'm a fat wreck and I've been working out with a personal trainer, but because I'm still doing the weed, it's helping me in the medicinal sense. Well, here's actually my issue with 420. I, I told you last week, I did a very adult move for myself, something I've never done in my life. I scheduled an eye doctor appointment for 420. So at 1.45 tomorrow, I'm going to have a doctor deep into my eyeballs and I could say, oh, I'm going to wait to smoke after. I know myself. I'm not going to do that. So this doctor's going to be like, oh my God, there's something clearly wrong with your eyes. Look at how red they are. Yeah, but I refer you to what I just said 60 seconds ago, which you may have already forgotten because you're such a stoner. But if you've got dodgy eyes, that is more of a reason to do weed, right? Isn't that what the every person who's like old and has suddenly discovered medical marijuana goes, oh, I've got bad eyes, bad eyes. Can you come to the doctor with me tomorrow? You explain this to him because I will be too high. One of my friends from Shitsville 
Uh, by the way, that's what I call the UK if you're new to the podcast. Right. I'm just giving them the vernacular you for Did You yeah. America. Our, our uh, dictionary. Yes, exactly. Um, he uh, He's British, but he moved to Australia for a few years. And um, he, he liked the weed. And I remember he would uh, send me uh, WhatsApp messages, you know, about how life was in Melbourne. And one of his favorite things was he'd started working out with weed. And... Um, well, first of all, it was I've started working out. And he, like you, was a very unlikely person to take exercise seriously. And then I have a few messages into this conversation. I got into the fact that he was working out with a buddy of his and they'd, you know, do three reps and then have a smoke break and then go back to it. And so I went, okay, well, I, I this sounds very, very Australian to me, but not, not anything that would be conducive to working out. And then about six months later, the official weed gym, I think the first one that was in San Francisco opened and he sent me a message going, look at this it's like they were they were snooping on our whatsapp messages and I, and I said you do actually have a point i mean i thought it was absolutely ridiculous and uh you know i mean you were in your buddy's garage in melbourne toking on a joint in between apparently doing some exercise and then some uh, northern californians turned it into an actual business so i i and again i'm i, I I've, i'm not into weed i don't have a problem with people that are and, and and i understand that there can be many medical benefits but i do still struggle to understand how it can be functional or indeed help you unless as you said it is with the aches and pains when it comes to working out because working out to a certain extent is about the mindset and the motivation as in you got to go get into a gym or get down on the floor and start doing push-ups or whatever it is and most people who are big into weed who i've met if you suggest doing anything to them is like yeah 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 oh later well, I mean, in defense of that, I feel like I've been working out with weed for the last 10 years, ever since I've been smoking, because, you know, every joint lift to the mouth is like a bicep curl. I do about 500 of those a day. <laughs> right. So, you know, sure, I'm not doing heavy weights, but one gram bicep curls 500 times, you do the math. I'm looking pretty good. All right. The one other thing on uh, unlikely workouts, uh, I present to you, Jeremy Hoffman, Fit Next by Cannibal Corpse. Whoa. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> That's right. a title. <laughs> so Cannibal Corpse have been back in the news recently because uh, they've put out an album called Violence Unimagined. When were they in the news before? Well, they're in the new. Well, you see, the thing that most impresses me about Cannibal Corpse is that they keep coming up with outrageous names for their albums. Like they, uh, the, 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 and they've been around for a long time now. Some album song, uh, album titles, and song titles are more offensive than others. Some are just classically Cannibal Corpse. But you would think by this point, perhaps that inspiration may have run out. But no, I think in 2021, the new Cannibal Corpse album called Violence Unimagined is is a is a perfectly good title. Perfect for Right. And I think that, um, that they've decided that it's time that they diversify, right? A bit like how weed have got into working out, so have Cannibal Corpse. Oh, okay. So the big news... This is like their let's get physical. Yes. <laughs> In fact, I believe that's about to be uh, an, an additional track if you buy the deluxe version of Violence Unimagined. Oh my God, I, I pray that they hear this episode and make that happen. You get the 10 brand new songs on Violence Unimagined plus a cover of Physical, Physical, I Wanna Get Physical. Dude, the I don't musical know. episode was last week. Listen. 
There's always, there always it's always there's, there's always an element of musical on this. I'm just so musical. Did you not hear my? It was beautiful. My rendition of was it Olivia Newton John who did that? Yeah, it was indeed. Um, it a tear to my eye. Yeah. Um, Yes, they are. So while uh, dancing to Let's Get Physical by Olivia Newton-John, apparently the uh, the guitarist from Cannibal Corpse, whose name is George Corpse Grinder Fisher. Of course it is. Well, because if he was First just... given name. Well, I mean, George Fisher's a shit name for a member of Cannibal Corpse, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, like, I don't know when he joined the band, but if they were going before and he would, they were like, okay, you can really shred on the guitar. You've got a good sound for Cannibal Corpse. But man, you're called George. <laughs> I don't know if we can have George Fisher... You know, so George Corpse Grinder Fisher. It's a family name. Yeah. He um, <laughs> he said that he's getting more interest these days, not for his work on Violence Unimagined. Although, you know, if he covered Let's Get Physical, that might that might usurp this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but up until that point, up until they've discovered our great idea of them covering Olivia Newton-John, um, he's getting a lot of attention uh, because of his neck. Apparently, his neck is incredibly... Now, a neck. the neck is one part of the body where it's considered fit if it's fat, right? Yeah. Like, if you've got a fat neck, you're fit because it's about the muscles, yes? Well, I always see, like, people with giant necks. It's always, like, UFC fighters or wrestlers that are probably on something else unnatural making them get that big. But I just Googled a picture of this guy, and, I mean, while he has a massive neck... At the same time, it's like he doesn't have a neck. Right. It's incredible. Because it's got so big. It's just like a part of his head. And let me tell you that George Corpse Grinder Fisher, unlike your idea of uh, UFC fighters, uh, he is not on any kind of steroids. He's literally just on Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> because because he's... <laughs> he's... He's taking injections straight to the butt. <laughs> <laughs> he said that he actually thinks that his neck has become such a talking point that the internet has an unhealthy interest in his neck. Uh, yes, 100%. Everyone's always asking about my neck and any person doing any neck exercises, I get tagged in them all the time. As in, <laughs> like, you, you, so, you, you know, you see pictures of, I don't know, Stallone or Heyday Schwarzenegger or any kind of athlete you want to see, right? And they've got the fitness below the neck but when it comes to celebrity from the neck up, it's all about George Corpse Grinder Fisher. I just like how the neck working out community has gotten behind this guy and he wants nothing to do with this. Like, guys, I was just born with this giant neck. I'm not doing... He looks like something I would go deep sea fishing for. <laughs> well, this is where he gets controversial because you could say, if you were to listen to Cannibal Corpse, that it's just a noise and a very nondescript noise. And I'm not particularly a fan of Cannibal Corpse, but I am a fan and somewhat of an aficionado of the band Slayer. I love Slayer. And uh, you, other people would tell me the same thing about Slayer. Now, Slayer is very hard, fast uh, music. Uh, and their members, when they were together, were very well known for uh, doing some uh, quite full-on headbanging. Tom Araya, the lead singer and uh, bassist of Slayer, ended up with a metal plate in his neck through constant headbanging. And this is something that George Corpse Grinder Fisher references in so much as to say, you headbang as much as I do to Cannibal Corpse, you get a fit neck. You do it to Slayer, you get a damaged neck, right? <laughs> so you got it. more rhythmic is what he's trying to say. 
say. It's more like a workout instead of jamming your neck. Right, exactly. So you have to headbang responsibly <laughs> when it comes when it comes to the fat neck. That on the can. The fat neck workout, and and George Corpse Grinder Fisher is saying that actually, uh, you know, the Cannibal Corpse is where it is. Um, rather than Slayer. When I searched for this story, because one of my buddies sent me a text message about it, um, the next thing that came up, because obviously they've been talking a lot because uh, they got Violence Unimagined, the new album out. The next story that came up is from another member of Cannibal Corpse talking about how band members have changed the band's sound over the past 10 years. Now, that's clearly bullshit. Cannibal Corpse all sounds the same. <laughs> right, you could, been one sound. <laughs> you, could show me, you could play me Cannibal Corpse from 10 years ago or Cannibal Corpse from 10 minutes ago. It sounds exactly the same. That's, Baby screeching. That story I call BS on. The story about the, the fit, fat neck... I think there might be some credence to that. <laughs> that, that I mean, Cannibal Corpse all sounds the same, but if you want to get a fit, fat neck, I think that this may be the way forward. I mean, they are the most... The, the amount of C-list celebrities that put on a bit of weight and then lose a load of weight and decide they're going to do... It used to be DVDs. Now it's paid for online workout videos, and it's all just BS because most of those, uh, those, those so-called famous people, they'll get fit for the videos and then they get fat again, right? right. It's just an easy way of earning a buck and absolutely no one should buy into those kind of fads but fit next by cannibal corpse this this could be a youtube subscription service that i think could go massive i'll give it a try today i'm gonna hit the gym i'm gonna put on some cannibal corpse we're only doing neck workouts and thursday i'm gonna come back with a jacked neck also i think i'm right in saying because of the speed at which they play that your workout would be over super quick because I think Cannibal Corpse songs are very, very short. I Even mean, better. like shorter than the versions of songs that you get at every strip club. You know, when, <laughs> when you're going to a strip club and you're like, I, it's like 50 bucks a dance right. and you've never heard Girls, Girls, Girls by Motley Crue be over in such a short period of time. Oh, I didn't know the song was just a chorus. You're like... When was Cherry Pie by Warrant just 20 seconds? That was a full dance. I think Cannibal Corpse might be, uh, you know, a little bit uh, little bit faster than that. Hey, whatever can cut time out off of this workout, I'm all for it. <laughs> uh, before we move on to other things, one more, because uh, we are big on fitness now, since Jeremy is so big on, uh, on fitness. Uh, people are drinking uh, chlorophyll, water, because it can be good for your skin. This, this sounds like a sort of one of these diet fitness related fads. Chlorophyll. More like Borophil. Shout out Billy Madison. <laughs> That's all I got. Um, I was so it's basically like drinking something from a pond, right? Yeah, I mean, this is a thing that's on TikTok, by the way. I don't know if uh, it's this is like the new Tide Pod challenge, but not quite as dangerous. I was gonna say, can we really trust anything health related off of TikTok? I feel like after the whole Tide Pod thing, most things on TikToks are just kids trying to convince you to kill other kids. Yeah, kind of. I mean, what they they need to start getting on the uh, Cannibal Corpse YouTube channel and getting some, getting some getting <laughs> Get some health tips from that. Some, getting some net workouts in. I um, it just uh, I was thinking about it in the context of you know you're basically talking about drinking water from a pond whereas exactly this time last year so many people were even scared to get into swimming pools because of covid and how much we've moved on <laughs> right. in, a, in a mere Diving 12 right months drinking it all yeah literally <laughs> literally well, I uh so when I was in Arizona you know in uh, Tucson the Tap water isn't exactly the cleanest of anywhere in the country. No, no, no. But uh, so they'd always warn you, you know, don't drink the water, don't drink the water. Now, I was one of these people who believe, you know, you drink a little bit of the water and that way you get the uh, 
the grossness in you and your body learns how to fight it and like you know you're less susceptible to pooping your pants from drinking the water right is this the same idea of they inject you with a little bit of covid with the vaccine and then <laughs> right. you're good yeah, exactly. okay exactly. all right i'm going with so this i uh i kind of can understand where the uh drinking water that's i guess naturally from a pond and has plants in it so it has chlorophyll in it could be good for you but again I can't trust someone in a 12-second video be like, mmm, so yummy, there's a science, do this. And then everyone's like, yeah, that's the science, we have to do this. Yeah. I mean, you like smoking plants. <laughs> this is effectively drinking plants, right? You know what? I'm in. I'm sold. Get me some chlorophyll water. I tell you, there is one thing that I, I would uh, like to go back to uh, from uh, this time last year was uh, when people were concerned about. Well, the first of all, I remember they, they, everyone who had a, a swimming pool in their apartment complex that they basically closed them all for a while because nothing was open right. because everyone was terrified of COVID and where it could be and where it couldn't be. And then at least here in the great state of texas uh, a few things kind of eased up and other things opened so in the apartment complex where i live um they opened the pool again um but they wanted to limit the numbers so basically the thinking was well we don't want to close all the amenities because we charge the residents for them and the pool is open air so yeah. that's going to be safer but what we don't want are loads and loads of people around the pool so we'll stop allowing residents in our complex to have their friends come over on the weekend when it's, you know, 95 degrees in Dallas and, and so on and so forth. So my pool in my apartment complex during all of the summer of last year had a bouncer because you had to, the apartment complex gave all residents wristbands and you had to wear a wristband to go down to the pool, right? Did, did they just like make someone who already worked here be like, hey, go stand by the pool and make sure the wristband. Was it like they got the traditional Jack's huge bodyguard? They here? got someone who was definitely doing the, the fat fit neck workout from Cannibal <laughs> Corpse. He was, no, it was genuinely, it was, they got an actual bouncer in. I mean, I don't know where I live in uh, the areas called Deep Ellum in Dallas uh, before everything closed and concerts went away. It's kind of one of the main gig venues in DFW. Um, I'm pretty certain the front office staff from my building just walked up to Trees or um, Bomb Factory or right. any of the music venues and went, listen, so we're sad you've closed. We might have some weekend work for one of your bouncers. <laughs> like, who, like who, who's running security normally because we need to make sure that it's only our residents that go to the pool? Right. And um, though he was like proper full-on bouncer. It looked like you were going into a, like a, some, some, he looked like, he, he was either like a bouncer from Bomb Factory or someone that hung out at the biker's bar up the street. <laughs> I, don't, I, right. I don't know. Like well, that's, it, that's cool because then every time you go to your pool, which is, you know, just a normal apartment amenity you feel like you're in some exclusive nightclub you know now this is what i'm saying these were some of the uh the, the pro points of the covid era because it also meant that the pool wasn't super super busy and i'm kind of like backing that again i would like obviously you know the, the progress that we've made with the vaccine and everything i'm all for but i kind of like the idea it's a lovely pool <laughs> and, and and this is a, an apartment complex with with many many apartments meaning the pool gets quite busy even if you just have the residents there i kind of like i would like my pool bouncer back again so i don't want the people from apartment 420 uh, inviting like all of their friends from dfw around for a saturday it get, the pool gets too busy oh absolutely there's nothing worse then it gets that public 
pool vibe. All of a sudden, there's a watermelon in there. It gets disgusting. No one wants that. Right, and also, there's enough patriotism from this pool, uh, from the from the people that live in the building that was brought to the pool to make it seem so Texas. Like, the first time I went down there when we had the bouncer there, it was almost like there were two credentials. A, you needed one of these residents' wristbands to prove that you lived here to use the pool, and B, you needed to come down with something that was Texan and patriotic as, as a sort of, like, dress code. So there were, like, tables that people set out with the Texas flag on them. Right. There was a lot of, like, American flag stuff down there. In fact, I actually, I, I felt so ashamed that I was just going down there with a regular pool towel that after the first time I went to the pool, I had to go on Amazon and get a pool towel with the Texas flag on it just to fit you in. Out of place. Yeah, exactly. And I was all for that level of patriotism. Yeah, so so it now was good. There's Texas flags all over this apartment. Exactly. And the other reason why I like the bouncer was uh, I went down there wearing uh, a maiden t-shirt one day and he checked my wristband and then he went nice shirt bro and I was like yeah <laughs> he's a you he's know a cool guy you know uh, before we move on to uh, part two uh, just on the subject of Maiden I want to uh, thank one of our listeners uh, Paul Kane who sent me a message on uh, Twitter I'm at Ian Canfield on Twitter if you want to have a look there um, this week with uh, there was something on Reddit which was a room that a Maiden fan had built and basically it was basically an Iron Maiden cave it just had Maiden things all around the room and the middle of the room was an Iron Maiden uh, arcade games machine unofficial I think he'd had the machine built oh like right? he made his uh, was there ever an Iron Maiden game or there's did he a, make the game himself there's a bunch of Maiden games and there's a Maiden pinball machine but this was okay. a this was like a custom designed yeah, 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 like one like old school arcade game yeah, like yeah, the yeah. members of the band are like running through the track or yeah, whatever yeah yeah okay, yeah yeah cool. yeah 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 and um, so I was very very impressed with that so first of all Paul uh, thanks for that so I then post this on my social media saying minus the arcade game this looks like my 15 year old bedroom and everyone that replied to it said something along the lines of that's exactly how your room looks now <laughs> yeah and i and i thought to myself you know jeremy could look around we sit in my uh, open plan front room kitchen scenario to record this podcast Still quite a lot of Maiden out. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm honestly surprised that there isn't like an arcade game in the corner as well. Well, if I could afford to get one custom designed, <laughs> then yeah. All right. You Once know. Once this blows up, we're going to get you an Iron Maiden arcade game. It'd be so great. <laughs> Just so you can never have too much Maiden. Add it to the official deal. All right. We will be back with part two. I got Song of the Week update. I got uh, new Songs of the Week to give you. And also a whole list of people from the world of music that have got problems with stuff. Everything from The Simpsons to Froyo. There's a tease. Stand by. All right, let's do part two of Did You America? I'm Ian Canfield. He's Jeremy. I've got some Song of the Week info for you. Last week, you were voting for So I Lie by Miguel. That was Jeremy's choice. That got 9% of the vote. Okay, almost uh, at double digits. New York producer had starstruck by years and years, coming in at 26% of the vote. And uh, I went with Shy Away by 21 Pilots, 65% of the vote. Well done, 21 Pilots. If you want to vote for this week's song choices, here they come. Uh, Jeremy. Yes, I went with Twin Shadow Alemania. Uh, New York producer likes He Said, She Said by Churches. Um, and I'm going to go with Royal Blood again. 
Uh, they they keep on releasing new stuff, and I keep on choosing them, but I like them. They're one of the few like really really good current-ish uh, guitar bands that were around at the moment. And um, they've put out uh, a new song called Boilermaker this week, which is another taster of their forthcoming album. Uh, some of the other stuff that's been released so far, certainly very rocking, but more f- more more funky, kind of like our Muse went a while ago, okay. but, but, but still very good. Boilermaker is kind of more uh, riffy, like uh, the stuff on the first two uh, Royal Blood albums. And this is, that they've had this track in the can for quite a while because back when there were concerts remember those uh, uh royal blood actually were playing this song um as part of their live set but it's a a, a one track on the new album a one-off track that's been produced by josh homie from uh, queens of the stone age which may also explain why it's more riffy so check that out boilermaker by royal bloods or he said she said by churches or twin shadows alemania they're the new choices for song of the week you can vote on the website didyouamerica.com or if you would like to go to twitter i will have a poll on my twitter and i am at ian camfield in that part of the world all right at ian camfield on twitter um, if you uh, want to uh, vote for Song of the Week there. All right, let's get into a load of music stories and stuff that the uh, musical uh, people or just the general public have issues with. Um, let's begin with Pete Davidson playing Joey Ramone. Internet says no. I disagree. I'm kind of into it. I uh, I know you're not the biggest Pete Davidson fan, but he's uh, he's earned a lot of respect for me over the last few years. You know, when he first got onto SNL, I wasn't uh, I wasn't really that into him. I, I think it was built in jealousy of someone who was younger than me, just doing significantly better than me in life. But whatever, he didn't do much on the show, and he wasn't that funny. But I mean, he's really grown up a ton over the last year. Uh, King of Staten Island, I thought it was great. Like uh, most Judd Apatow movies, it was awesome for the first hour, probably 30 minutes too long, though. Uh, he's also going to be in the new Suicide Squad movie. He did uh, a movie called Big Time Adolescence that was great. He's also kind of been like one of the best members of SNL in this most recent season. So people want to continue bashing him, but I mean, he's kind of proven his worth and he, he kind of fits Joey Ramone. Does no? he? I mean, yeah. I mean, he's tall. He's Jewish. They're both from New York. Queen and Staten Island are pretty much like the same place. And not every casting decision has to be spot on perfect. You know, who if it has to be someone who looks identical to Joey Ramone, the only chance we're having at having a Joey Ramone movie is if we get a time machine and get 1980s Howard Stern to play Joey Ramone. <laughs> My issue with Pete Davidson, and I haven't watched a lot of SNL lately, but it seemed to me that whenever he was on SNL, unless he was appearing as Pete Davidson, he just wasn't very good. He would, he if he had to be a character it wasn't particularly good at character acting which is why i think maybe he wouldn't be particularly good at joey ramone like if he if they're doing weekend update and uh colin joust and um uh michael che you know are doing their funny back and forth which is always very good and they get to a story 
probably about weed. And then they go, and now for some comments on weed, here's Pete Davidson. And they kind of bring him on because Pete Davidson is being Pete Davidson and he knows a lot about weed. That he can get, right? <laughs> right he's good at that. But, 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 that. but then, you know, when they make him play a character a lot of the time on the, the opener or whatever, he kind of doesn't remember the lines and he's giggling and, and it's kind of like, okay, so if you give him something to do other than just come on and be himself, I always felt like he was not the best. And I, I actually always totally agreed with that. And that's why for the longest time I didn't like him. That's where I get it. He's kind of grown up in the last year or two because if you watch SNL now, he's, and he admits this himself, he would be the first to say like, I didn't know how I got on the show. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know how I haven't been fired after every season. I don't do anything. But this year he, you know, he grew up and he started putting effort into his job and he's actually played a few characters and a lot of the viral moments from SNL this season have had Pete Davidson in them. So I uh, look, I don't think it's the perfect fit. Do I think Pete Davidson's an exceptional actor? No, but I think in the spirit of Pete Davidson, uh, or the, excuse me, in the spirit of Joey Ramone, I think Pete Davidson's personality can bring that out. And look, you're different. You clearly just don't like him because you don't you don't find him funny, and that's okay. Most people don't like Pete Davidson because they don't ha understand how someone with butthole eyes can land the hottest women in America. That is true. I can understand that there is a lot of jealousy with that. I mean, and, and that's another thing that I find kind of perplexing because normally, if people are as ugly as Pete Davidson and they get hot women, it's maybe because they're really funny. Yeah. And I don't see that he ticks that box either. He's my greatest inspiration. I mean, the, the thing is, is, you know... What, you could be that ugly and not funny yeah, and still really exactly. successful? Well, maybe one day. Like, I don't... Maybe I don't Who is it he went out with? Talent, Who is it he went out he with? He went out with Ariana Grande. Yeah, 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 He's yeah. been out with multiple... He's just started dating a new model. He's all over models. Hey, Ariana Grande, are you interested in fat Jerry Garcia? He's working hey, out now. I am the same size. Jerry Garcia... Garcia was already fat, balding Jerry Garcia, <laughs> oh, yes. sir. <laughs> Sorry, I, I billed you incorrectly. One, one more defense of Pete Davidson. Did you happen to watch this weekend? Uh, the big news, sporting news, was the Jake Paul Ben Askren fight. Did you hear anything? Yes, about I that? yeah, but I I know yeah. Okay, so you know Jake Paul is uh, the fight shouldn't have. No one should have been watching it, but of course because. America is obsessed with internet celebrities, and if you have enough followers, you can do whatever the hell you right, want. Right, right, right. Everyone watched, but Pete Davidson happened to be a part of the announcing crew, and he was by far, him and Snoop Dogg stole the show. All they did was make fun of the fight and the event the entire time. Okay, okay. You, give you a chance. Second thing, real quick, I just want to point this total random tangent. In my notes, just to show how dyslexic I am, instead of Joey Ramone, I wrote Joey Remain. I feel like that'd be a delicious food parody. Mm, or a tribute band. Yes, I, we're starting that tomorrow, the Romains. I mean, I, brace yourself, I might be about to say something controversial. I mean, you could say that if uh, Pete Davidson has got any kind of qualification to play Joey Ramone, um, they are both from New York, yeah. and musically, as in also Pete Davidson's comedy, the Ramones always were exactly the same. Yeah, and I mean... Look at Joey Ramone. He kind of had butthole eyes, too. Well, you, he's always got glasses on. When have you ever seen Joey Ramone without see glasses? Eyes, that dude had butthole when eyes. You, how high did you get when you imagined you saw Joey <laughs> Ramone's eyes? No one's ever seen Joey Ramone's eyes. Because he has butthole no, eyes. Well, he might do, but I can't remember. It, that's like, you, when did you've never seen him without shades and a leather jacket. 
There are photos of him with lighter eyes, lighter sunglasses that aren't like the complete dark sunglasses, like the more like. Oh, and then, so now you've changed it. You've never seen him without sunglasses, but saying, you've like, seen I his Google eyes. Images, Joey Ramona. I can see his eyes. They look like buttholes. Mm. The, well, I will say this: um, there could have been a biopic made about the Ramones that was only of interest to big fans of the Ramones, which would not be enough to make it a Hollywood blockbuster. Whereas if you cast someone like Pete Davidson, because he's so newsworthy, it takes it to another level. So despite me thinking that Pete Davidson isn't that funny, and maybe I haven't seen enough recent Pete Davidson because Jeremy says, you know, suddenly he's been able to do character acting. um, I I will say that the the most of the people that were bitching on social media about it would be the, the real kind of like purist Ramones fans. And they're the same types of people who were bitching and moaning about how incorrect the Queen story was. And and for those people, if you're the music purist, go read the Queen books or go read the Ramones books. They're the things for you. When you do the movie like Queen did or you cast Pete Davidson as Joey Ramone, there is a huge entertainment value in that. And that movie is going to be released to make the most amount of money possible. It's not going to be out to be satisfying to the most purist Ramones fan. Look, if you want to make the emotional, hard-hitting, award-potential Joey Ramone movie, sure, you hire Adam Driver to be Joey Ramone. That's the obvious pick. That's the one that all these people want. But the Joey Ramone movie is not going to be that. The punk rocker Joey Ramone full of goofs and jokes isn't going to be the hard-hitting serious right. movie. There's going to be a level of humor to it. So in that case, Pete Davidson's perfect. Yeah, maybe. It's it's. The, but I do think it's the same as those people who picked apart the Queen thing and went, oh my God, like the chronology was off and the, the, the you know stuff happened after they did Live Aid and blah, 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 blah. And I didn't think that Queen movie was the best movie ever. But in terms of just a celebration of Queen's music, it was fine, which is what it, what it set out to be. I, I saw that Queen movie in the theater with a friend of mine um, and afterwards, she thought the movie was, she enjoyed the movie, right? And this was her take on it. And this is where, if you're a purist into the artist, you need to stick with the books because you're always going to be disappointed in a movie that's made for mass consumption. Because movies that are biopics on uh, music artists, they're aimed at the more casual consumer. So my friend who I went to the Queen movie with, she's a perfect example of who that movie was aimed at and also who this uh, Ramones Pete Davidson movie will be aimed at. We came out of the movie theater and she said, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And then a few days later said to me, oh, you know, before we went to see that, I could probably name about five Queen songs, but I've been playing them on Spotify nonstop since. Right. And that's your general public. Right? I, I think that that Queen movie kind of proved my point of all people really care about nowadays is that the person starring in the movie somewhat looks like the person that they're remembering. Because even before anyone saw a single scene of that movie, you know, all the the tabloids came out with, oh my God, uh, you know, what's his name? Rami Malek mm. is playing him and he looks just like him. They showed him with the picture with the teeth in and everyone's like, oh my God, he looks just like him. So that movie, they could have done whatever they want. It could have been the biggest piece of crap movie ever and they would have been like, but he looks like Freddie Mercury, so it's okay. I mean, look at uh, uh, the Johnny Cash movie, Walk the Line. They didn't make 
um, Joaquin Phoenix mm. necessarily look like Johnny Cash. They made him look like Joaquin Phoenix trying to look like Johnny Cash, and mm. it, it worked. It's probably one of the best biopic movies there is. One piece of advice I would give to the people uh, behind the Jerry Ramone movie, if you care about getting good reviews... Try and involve Elton John in some way, because I'll tell you something, right? The Queen movie came out first, and then the, what was the Elton one called? Rocket Man, Rocket Man right? Yeah. Came out shortly afterwards. Now, I know that Rocket Man, it was, I knew going into it that it was going to be a musical, and I'm not particularly a fan of musicals, but oh my fucking God. I mean, it was just, I, that movie was so cheesy and just like, I, I, and, and I, this is what I couldn't understand. The, both of them did really good at the box office, but the Queen movie got almost unanimously bad reviews right. for, for an all right movie. Right. The Elton movie couldn't have got more good reviews if it tried. And yet as a, as a movie, and it's not just about it being a musical, it was just so cheesy. I came out of that thinking like, Oh my God, this is so bad. But you know my theory on this, Brian May and Roger Taylor were just like two old men not clued in enough to the world of Hollywood to protect the Queen brand. And actually, ultimately, it didn't matter because that movie made loads of money and did very, very well. Right. But somehow, you could not find a bad review of the Elton John movie if you tried. And I think that shows the power of Elton in Hollywood. There's something about him and his tantrums that made the reviewers be like, shit, it's Elton. I mean, yeah. my God, it's cringeworthy every time Taron Egerton goes, oh my God, my daddy doesn't love me so well, right. I imagine that if Freddie Mercury was alive, they would have been afraid to bash him as well in any way. But they, so I had a different reaction. You need time. to get a vicious queen on your side, is right. what I'm saying, Ramones people. See, you're lucky. At least you knew with Rocket Man that it was a musical going in. I didn't know that it was a musical. I read nothing about it. I was just like, oh, okay, another biopic of an artist everyone loves. Let me watch it. Ordered it on demand because I hate going to the movie theater. $15 later, I was done 15 minutes into the movie. I, mean, I can't do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do a whole movie of this. I know the songs. I want the story. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, talking of uh, $15 on demand, I paid $15 yesterday for Nobody Better Call Saul does Ooh, John Wick. How was it? Okay, here we go. This is, I um, I don't regret spending my $15 oh, on it. No, no I, here's the thing. So if you've seen the trailer, I mean, it's, it's impressive because, you know, it's the bloke from Better Call Saul. Bob Odenkirk, right. right, suddenly getting very physical, uh, doing some great fight scenes because he basically, it, it's kind of like it's pitched as if he's some sort of like vigilante. It's not, that's not quite the story when you get the movie. Um, but everyone said, oh yeah, this is Bob Odenkirk kind of trying to move into a John Wick franchise because, you know, um, Who's John Wick? Uh, Keanu, Reeves. Keanu Reeves now, Liam Neeson in Taken. That there's right, been this right. trend for older actors to start doing action roles that can become a franchise and obviously make them lots of money. Um, and obviously Bob Odenkirk, if you because you've seen him as Saul Goodman, his most famous role is not someone that you imagine would get suddenly like really physical and start doing you know no, all of. I mean, even a little bit there. If you know him previously as a comedian, you definitely don't expect him to be doing anything physical. So, and, and I know that he did a load of training for it and that's it very impressive because uh, some of the fight scenes are very well orchestrated and you can see that it's him doing all of those uh, fight scenes um and, and yeah i enjoyed it obviously no spoilers because it's it's still new out here's what i say about it it's sort of john wick-esque but it just 
it lacks something that John Wick's got. And far be it from me to say that it needs a bit of British influence. But do you know what I think it was missing? It's missing the Ian McShane bloke from Torchwood character that John Wick's got. You know, the guy that runs the you John Wick. The British Empire. bad guy, or the British, British like leader. Kind, kind, kind of. Because um, there's a bit... I, it's sort of trying to be John Wick and it, it and it doesn't quite you know there's there's no scene where he manages to beat 10 bad guys using a pencil that right. that right I mean there are scenes when he manages to beat 10 bad guys but it just hasn't got that icing on the cake that could be a pencil I think um media has done a good job of like hyping up this movie to make people think that it's going to be a Bob Odenkirk John Wick because when the trailers first came out a lot of people were confused they didn't know if it was a comedy or a parody like there was a lot of humor and i get in the movie there are humorous moments mm -hmm. I've, you know i've heard him talk about that in interviews but you know they've put a solid effort in the last month of promotion to be like no this is a serious movie he's gone into shape it's a real action movie and i just i feel like they just got caught in between trying to being a joke and being serious that is a very astute observation considering you haven't seen the movie no, because my I won't watch it because <laughs> my other issue with it was that it, it that is kind of where it sits because it's when you see the movie it's knowingly ridiculous now as i said give him credit for learning all the fight moves and getting into shape because he clearly did a lot of work for that and that pays off in the movie those scenes are, are very very impressive especially from someone who you don't ever expect to see making those kind of moves play, right. playing that kind of role but it's really pitched as we're making this over the top violent but we're almost winking into the camera at the same time as if to say we know and i think that's where it sort of lets me down because you know i'm thinking about my most recent favorite over the top violent movie and that was the last rambo and there weren't no <laughs> winking in that right, right. i refer Always you stabbing. i refer no not just stabbing cutting the front of a man open reaching inside the man pulling out his heart and literally looking at it with disdain and throwing it away on the floor. I'm sorry if that's a spoiler for Rambo 67. Um, <laughs> yeah. you, you should have seen it by now. But my point is, is that that, clearly ridiculous and using a lot of modern day special effects, right, in Rambo. But Sylvester Stallone didn't see the need to go, by the way, I know this is over the top, sort of ridiculous, we're going to make it kind of a comedy. And you know my thing where I'm like, oh, I know it's unrealistic, but I want it to be like, yeah, he could have done that. He's Rambo. He could have done that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, uh, my, my thing with these action movies and why I'm generally not a fan is I, when it comes to movies, whether it's a comedy or drama or biopic or musical, whatever, I... I'm more involved in the story. Like, the story has to be compelling. And mm. time and time again with these action movies, there is zero story whatsoever. It's just an excuse to watch someone beat the crap out of someone else for two hours, which I get. People are into that. Not me. The first time I watched the first Taken movie, mm. I got through the entire movie and said, what the hell happened? Nothing happened in this movie. And then all of a sudden, there were like eight more Taken movies. The same thing happened with John Wick. The first time I watched John Wick, I got through the whole movie and said, what was this movie? I don't understand anything. And now all of a sudden, it's like, this is the biggest movie in the world. Everyone loves Keanu Reeves again. I was ready to write Keanu Reeves off after <laughs> seeing the first one. Well, this one is a little bit like that in so much as, um, and you're right in what you say, 
say, all of those franchises, when they make the first one, they spend a good 20 minutes, if not 30 minutes maybe, giving you some backstory before the real action kicks in. Like right. I was watching um, Nobody with uh, my buddy Steven, and he's going, this is boring. When's he going to have a fight? Like, when's he going to... And, and there was... A, and there's a couple of scenes in it where you think it's going to kick off. <laughs> My buddy, like... <laughs> but Bob Odenkirk's character's kind of reticent to... Because he's got, the, obviously, these special skills, but he's living life as a family man now. Um, so at, at the start, he's sort of reticent to use those special skills. And at one point, in about, I don't know, the 16th minute, my buddy Stephen goes, fucking pussy! Like, what? <laughs> 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 Which I guess is what the reaction they were looking for. <laughs> right. and, I, and I said, you know, if this becomes a franchise, by the time he's making, like, uh, Nobody 2, at least 25 people would have been killed by this point right. in the opening. Yeah. Because you're right in what you say. When you get to... Um, John Wick 2 or Taken 2 it was okay here's 60 seconds of backstory bam he's, he's just sliced someone's eyeball out Look, I'm just saying for you can find this type of intense action in very good movies as well you know you just talked about the Rambo stabbing someone slicing open his chest pulling the heart out over the weekend pop on TV in the morning showtime playing all three godfathers in a row I was in heaven even though the third one sucks but still I had to watch it in the second one, Robert De Niro goes to Italy. He takes the old mob boss. He stabs him, drags this knife totally across the man's chest. And that is, happens in the greatest movie of all time. Yeah, but Way he, better than Rambo 38. Excuse me. In Rambo 38, he, does, he takes the knife. There's the stabbing and the dragging. Robert De Niro didn't reach inside the man's body and pull out the heart, did I'll he? I'll give you that. No, he did not. I'll tell you something else, because I feel like I've touched on this in this podcast uh, in the last couple of weeks, but I've never really said about how, how great it is. Um... That um, uh, Gangs of London, far be it from me to talk up British things because uh, it's made in, in the UK, but that is a great show. And I know we joke about how I like ridiculous action movies and I'm a big fan of everything 80s, but if you want something that's like current and uh, also extremely violent, it's uh, one of my friends who was no fan of the latest Rambo movie actually sold it to me because he said they've taken the technology that was used in that Rambo movie for, for a ridiculous movie and used it in gangs of london um for something that looks way more realistic in terms of the the fight scenes and the violence and everything and it, it was made in shitsville but it's on um is it a what do you have to I think amc you have to subscribe to that right yes, yeah 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 because i have to watch it within seven days to not pay a subscription <laughs> I, I, I i remember that uh but um but gangs of london also i don't know if this is a selling point to anyone but there are some penises flapping around there i'll say this anytime a show is willing to have their male actors hang dong it's usually a great sign of a great show right i mean there was no uh, i mean i think in rambo 67 if that's the next one we're probably at the point where sylvester Stallone might slice off someone's dick but uh <laughs> but um, yeah there was uh, in, in uh, my friends and i have renamed gangs of london gangbangs of london because no no spoilers but there is a scene where they go to a hotel room and there's basically some massive gay orgy going on and you know there's some cocks flop <laughs> flapping around right. hey it worked for game of thrones <laughs> right exactly yeah yeah yeah. it's very uh very very progressive in the making of uh of uh, if, you, if you get like full frontal going on Look, again 
again, because not everyone is into the artsy side of penises flapping on the screen. I tell you, if a show is willing to put that in their in their television series, it means it's a damn good series that can overcome the constant barrage of penis in your face. Do you uh, <laughs> do you think the people who made Gangs of London were uh, thinking, hey, we got a really good show here, and then someone went, you know, if it's just back-to-back violence between the gangs, someone's going to say, well, this is like the latest Rambo movie, but set in London. How do we counterbalance that? Put some penis in. <laughs> See, I, that could have been it. Or it could have been something like, hmm, this show is really good, but I don't know how good. I know the tester. Add 17 more penises to that scene. I think there were three. <laughs> I, I saw a lot more penis. <laughs> I, I've seen it everywhere. <laughs> Oh, okay. I wanted to get to so much other stuff, but we might have to wait because we've been going for quite a, t- a while now. And uh, let me just do what's going to be the shortest story of... Uh, I went off on a big tangent about nobody. I wasn't even expecting yeah. to do that. Oh, we could talk real quick about Demi Lovato. Okay, Demi Lovato. quickly. Demi Lovato has a big problem with Froyo. Demi Lovato these days seems like she has a big problem with everything. Like what? What's her issue with Fro? That it's she. She was mad about diet culture. Right. Yeah. So uh, she's upset because she was at a Froyo shop over the weekend, and they had sugar-free options. Now I know Demi Lovato has had some drug issues, and uh, she's obviously uh, had to make a big effort to get clean of drugs and get clean living. And sometimes that can involve spending a lot of time indoors. But I think you'll find most places have sugar-free options now. I mean, wait till she goes to Starbucks and sees sugar-free cinnamon dolce. She's going to lose her shit. Right. I mean, like, what's the big deal? Just get get the one with sugar if you're that upset about sometimes it. Sometimes I mean, they have sugar-free caramel. Here's my issue with Demi Lovato. I, you know, I went ahead and quit all drugs other than weed and booze. And you don't see me making a seven-part documentary about it. <laughs> well, probably that's because people aren't particularly interested in your but clean... But people shouldn't be that interested in her is what I'm getting at. Well, I guess they, they see her as being kind of like a, a, an inspirational story. But I don't understand. I mean, first of all, let me take the other side of this because I don't want to just bash Demi Lovato. First of all, if you're in the mood for Froyo, and I quite like Froyo, there's a place up the road from here that I go to. In fact, it's a chain. It's called uh, Yogurt Land, yeah. right? Uh, around the great state of Texas. Um, if you're going to get Froyo and you're even thinking about looking at the nutrition, you're doing it wrong, right? It's basically ice cream. I know they try and sell it to you as being slightly more healthy, but and everything where they say that it's non-fat, check out the amount of carbs that are in that, right? There, there is basically no great healthy version of Froyo. Not only that, if you really want sugar and don't want the diet experience, I'm sure there's a Baskin-Robbins nearby. <laughs> right, okay. But I think her issue is uh, that... Um, she's gone there and she's upset that there are sugar-free options because she thinks that by putting sugar-free options in her face, they are shaming people who want to go for the full sugar. What I mean, what it, it makes no sense. I mean, is Can she, we it, cancel her over this? <laughs> I think that's what we need to do. Let's start the cancel Demi Lovato. We want sugar-free ice cream. Well, she. I think she's trying to cancel sugar-free options, she which, which a people would have you believe are the more 
more healthy option. And B, as I said, if you really believe that in terms of Froyo and such like, you're doing it wrong anyway. Look, I'll say this. I do agree with Demi Lovato here. Sugar-free is complete and utter bullshit, and everything should be extra sugar in America. But if people want the option, I'm not going to deny them of the option. <laughs> All right, let's do uh, one more thing before we go, because it's been a big uh, talking point today as the, uh, the, uh, the episode uh, aired yesterday. Morrissey is very, very upset with The Simpsons. I mean, just one of the many things he's been upset about over the years. <laughs> right. Uh, he's very upset at being portrayed in The Simpsons. At, well, I think basically as racist and fat, right? Because now, uh, first of all, I'll tell you what I'm upset about regarding The Simpsons. I tried to watch this episode as research for this podcast. Kids, when you get a podcast, the work that you do for it is watching the TV quite often. <laughs> it's very hard work. Well, I mean, we just did 15 minutes on the fact I watched uh, the, the, the uh, uh, Nobody movie yesterday. <laughs> We're warning you, the work is strenuous. Do not get into this industry. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't... Uh, I was unaware that there was going to be a uh, Smiths episode of The Simpsons that aired last night. So I immediately go to the apps on my TV. What the fuck is the point of having apps that are supposed to give you shows on demand if you can't access the current edition of The Simpsons. YouTube TV, who I've been very complimentary of on this podcast before, I'm looking at you. You couldn't replay last night's Simpsons episode, even though when I go into my YouTube TV app, it tells me that I should be able to do so. And secondly, the Fox app, right? Because Simpsons is on Fox. Right. There, I would expect that I could access the most up-to-date episodes of everything. You're still showing me the episode from the last week. Now, unless Morrissey is so powerful, he suddenly in 24 hours had his Simpsons episode scrapped from cyberspace. Something is definitely wrong with those apps. You should be able to uh, give me the episode, which I believe was titled Panic on the Streets of Springfield. <laughs> I feel like Morrissey is the first celebrity to get cancelled without like actually being cancelled. Like The world just kind of forgot about him until the Simpsons were like, oh, remember, he's fat now. Well, <laughs> well I do wonder if this was his uh, if this was his major issue, because uh, if you followed the story of Morrissey, he's kind of cancelled himself over the last year or so because he's well. There was this big story about him supporting this political party in the UK that people uh, say is a, a racist political party, and right. then he sort of um, spouted some uh, political statements that uh, were certainly more right-wing than they were left-wing. Like, like the, alternative right, but yeah. Well, <laughs> well, he said things like that, you know, that, that Nigel Farage, the guy who masterminded Brexit, uh, would have made a great prime minister, right? right Which I right. think that, for example, um, there's probably a lot of people in the UK probably agreed with that because they, they voted for Brexit. So I don't know. Stuff like that, I think, is... Him saying things that are out of line with what the average Morrissey fan thinks. The stuff about the the, the really right wing political party. I, I like I googled them and I read some of the stuff that they stood for and I was like, this is well, I don't understand why Morrissey would be into this. But then equally, that's a very weird situation because even as a Brit. I'd never even heard of this political party until Morrissey went on Fallon wearing With their the badge, badge, right? right. <laughs> so it's a real, it's it's a real kind of like. I think people were just afraid because if you look into that group, they're like nine opinions away from being like, you know, who the real problem is? The Jews. Well, perhaps, and and again, I I find that sort of perplexing, but I think. 
if you take that aside, there are some other things that he said that are maybe more palatable views, but they're not um, they're not things that a lot of his fans views that his fans would share. And I think he's because he was always this enigma before he was very picky about what interviews he did because he didn't like the press and so before it's like the internet has been his worst friend because he was this enigma that people gravitated to if they felt like outsiders because he was like the outsider's outsider, right? And then because the internet gives you, even if you're fiercely private, it can give the world a way greater insight into you. Suddenly people that have been Smiths fans since the 80s are like, oh my God, he likes Brexit? Like, I don't know. Whereas I feel like because he would just whine and moan in his songs, he was sort of protected because you didn't know in a lot of cases what he thought about stuff. Right, like where I can't agree with most of his political opinions and stuff like that. I definitely, though, do agree with his opinion on cakes and pies, and that's that he loves them. (laughs) Well, this is what I do wonder with this, because... he's put out a few statements before about people accusing him of being a racist and and, and him saying that he's not. But I have never seen a statement in recent times from Morrissey that is as long as the one that he issued after a 20-something minute episode of The Simpsons. And I think maybe the issue here is not so much that they made him to look racist, it's they made him look fat. (laughs) Yeah, racism is okay with Morrissey. Fatness, get that the hell out of here. He might as well have said, people have been calling me a racist since Brexit, but now you've called me a fat racist. That is a bridge too far. Where is the quote on this? Uh, So he basically says the Simpsons is not funny anymore and uh, that they're the racists. Um... And where's the, there is, I got to get this actual quote. Um, bu, 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 All right, bu, maybe we didn't prepare the way that everyone thought we prepare for this podcast. Well, no, I wasn't <laughs> able to because I couldn't watch the fucking episode because no one was streaming it properly. YouTube TV, I'm looking at you. Unless, of course, YouTube TV wants to sponsor this podcast in which there are great products. Incredible service. Everyone should cut their cord and get, and get YouTube TV immediately, if not sooner. I want to make sweet love to YouTube TV. Don't you want to hear Jeremy saying that on all of your ads? <laughs> Try skipping that ad. On what about too. what about if we sing "I Want to Make Sweet Love" to YouTube TV to the tune of a Morrissey song? Right? How about that? We See, could... we're coming up with billion dollars ideas every single the episode. The problem, the problem with this is, as I said, his statement is so bloody long. I can't find the actual bit. So this is the this is why I think the fat thing has got to him because there's all of the, apparently in this episode uh, they're making fun at the fact that he's. Uh, Uh, He's uh, been known to uh, spout some racist views. Um, Here we go. Uh, This is Morrissey's quote. Poking uh, fun at subjects is one thing. Other shows like SNL still do a great job of finding ways to inspire great satire. But when a show stoops so low to harshly hateful tactics like showing the Morrissey character with his belly hanging out of a shirt when he has never looked like that at any point in his career. Right? <laughs> Not only that, I also love the random SNL throw. I'm like, hey, if you guys need a musical desk, I still love you, but damn you if you think I'm fat. <laughs> I Well, see, I think he's really a misstep there because I can actually see this being a thing on SNL this coming week, right. and they're oh, going sure. to be way harsher than <laughs> yeah. the Simpsons Put him in like a, one of those blow up sumo suits, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but yeah, I it really is. I I feel like. Um, again, he's sort of like going, no, I'm not a racist. I keep saying this, but you, you said I was a fat racist. How dare you portray me with my belly hanging out? The, you know, the, the, what SNL should come back to with this week is be like, you know what Morrissey could do with one of those protein diets? He just needs to start eating meat, right? <laughs> Yeah, but then it'll end up like what happened to you when you went to the gym and he'd just be farting everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, I the, I need to uh, I, I mean, we might have more on this on the next episode once I've actually seen the uh the Simpsons um episode with uh Morrissey starring in it, but it is definitely amusing to me that after everything that he's got in trouble for saying and after all of his retorts, the longest statement I've read is about this Simpsons episode. And if you look at what was in this episode that was different to all of the other allegations, it's the fact that his belly is protruding above his trousers. <laughs> I feel a nine-minute anti-Simpsons song coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we're done for another week. Uh, we have a website. If you would like to write to us and send us any messages or vote for Song of the Week, you can do it at didyouamerica.com. I'll also get a poll on my Twitter for Song of the Week if you want to vote there. I'm at Ian Canfield on Twitter. Um, not only can you vote or send us messages via the website, you can also buy our Did You America t-shirts how great are those jeremy oh so good on your nipples did you america.com for all that stuff did we america today we did and one last thing want everyone to have a merry weed miss eve and remember put your cookies out for snoop dog